It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by fantasypoints.com. Please check it out. It's awesome. When you sign up, and you will use the code FEAST so they know I sent you. It's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. It's the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. We do the Thursday nighter and all the Sunday one o'clock games in the first episode which posts midday on Wednesday. Then we record another episode that posts shortly after midnight on Thursday to make sure your podcast apps don't freak out and you get two easily digestible shows. And when I say we, I mean me, Ross Tucker, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, and he, Joe Dolan, him, whatever I'm supposed to say, at FG underscore Dolan, he is the czar of everything he oversees at fantasypoints.com using the code FEAST. And Joe, we shall go in and start the New York Jets and the Seattle Seahawks. I am oddly intrigued by this one from a fantasy perspective. Oh, Greg Williams, you legend. Greg, Greg Williams is now like, does Greg Williams ever have to buy a drink? In East Rutherford, New Jersey, again. I mean, Jet. I had Jets fans texting me. My friend, large Jets fan. That's literally what he calls himself. And and believe me, it is the most accurate nickname of all time. He's texting me, and then they. He is apoplectic. He's like, "What are we doing? What are we doing?" Because at the same time, the Jaguars are in the process of blowing the game to the Vikings, and and he's like, "No, no." And then I look up and. I'm watching my TV, and I see my Twitter go absolutely bonkers with what happened with that touchdown to Henry Ruggs. And, and look, I mean, it was one of the dumbest defensive calls I have ever seen in my entire life. It was hilarious, and Jet fans are so happy it happened because they don't care. It, it, the embarrassment of 0-16 will not last if they land their franchise quarterback. Of course, I'm now talking about the future, and we want to talk about the present with the New York Jets. And, Here's where we got to start. We got to start in the backfield. Frank Gore tested for a concussion. Uh, he left that game last week. Ty Johnson goes for 100 yards in the backfield. So if um, Frank Gore can't play, Ty Johnson is a viable flex option. But keep in mind, the Jets are two touchdown underdogs in Seattle here. So they're not going to be able to run the ball a whole lot. Jamison Crowder's back from the dead. Uh, he scored two touchdowns with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Um, Denzel Mims has a personal issue. I just hope everything is okay with him and his family, um, which which I guess would mean Brashad Perriman and, and Jamison Crowder, if Denzel Mims indeed can't play this week, um, are, are going to be the top receivers for the Jets. I, Crowder's a wide receiver three. I'd prefer to stay away from Perriman. Obviously, Darnold's not an option. And you look at and see what's going on in the backfield here. But this is one of those bad fantasy teams we talked on the last podcast, too. If you're playing somebody here, you're hoping for like 10 points in a PPR, and then you hit the road and say, thanks for your service. Uh, it, it's it really, uh, I'm, if I want to boil it down to the simplest terms, it's Jamison Crowder or Bust for me right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. All right. What about Seattle, though? Uh, so Seattle, I'm sorry, Russell Wilson. You don't get to play against Greg Williams' defense. Uh, unfortunately for Russ, he still gets to play against a poor Jets defense that 
I mean, time and time again, though, they have proven that they are stout against the run and abominable against the pass. The question is, does Pete Carroll come out and say, I don't care, we're going to pound Chris Carson into the line of scrimmage 15 times? To me, look, Chris Carson had 13 carries last week in that terrible game against the Giants. Russell Wilson had 43 dropbacks. Pete Carroll, uh, you can say whatever you want. Oh, they need to let Russ cook. You still have to pay attention to what the coach does. Pete Carroll does not want Russell Wilson dropping back uh, 50 times and Chris Carson getting 13 carries. That's not the way he wants to play. That being said, Russell Wilson's numbers have been poor the last number of weeks, perhaps coinciding with Tyler Lockett being a little bit dinged up. This is a bounce-back spot for Russell Wilson. Every single team, including Anthony Lynn, somebody else who would love to probably pound the rock 40 times a game, every team has decided that throwing the ball against the New York Jets is the best strategy. The the Bucks, uh, excuse me, the Chiefs, the Patriots, uh, uh, the Chiefs have decided to do that. The Raiders have decided to do that. The Patriots have decided to do that. The Chargers have decided. Every team has decided that throwing the ball against the Jets is the best way to attack them. I can't imagine Russell Wilson doesn't put up huge numbers. I can't imagine DK Metcalf doesn't put up huge numbers in this game. I can't imagine Tyler Lockett doesn't have a good game. I'm starting my Seahawks pass catchers across the board. And Chris Carson, he is an RB1 this week because I still think he's going to get in the end zone. I think this is a good game for him to score a touchdown. But I think this is a massive, massive bounce back spot for the Seattle Seahawks passing game. Wow, interesting. Okay, what about the Colts and the Raiders, Joe? Uh, well, Philip Rivers is still dinged up. He isn't practicing. We're, we're recording this on a Wednesday. He isn't practicing. Um, but uh, every indication is he's going to play. He's dealing with that toe injury, and he played really well against Houston. Um, uh, I think he's a viable streamer this week. He's got a couple of good matchups, actually, the next two weeks. If you're looking for a streaming quarterback for your playoffs, maybe you were rolling with Carson Wentz in a deeper league. I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Um, but Phillip Rivers has matchups with the Raiders and then the Texans again next week. So two good matchups in a row for Phillip Rivers if you want to go after him. How about T.Y. Hilton back from the dead? Two good games in a row after doing nothing for the first, uh, for the first 11 weeks of the season. He's a wide receiver three still a little skeptical there Michael Pittman is a wide receiver three uh in this matchup against the Raiders um and finally finally Jonathan Taylor has busted out like he and Cam Akers on very similar kind of paths this year he has busted out I think he has finally earned the right to be the the Colts number one running back Colts fans were freaking out uh by the way because I think Taylor had like three carries for 20 yards uh, in the early going in that game last week um, against Houston. And then they just went away from him. And then finally in the second half, they gave him carries. He ends up with 13 for 91. He scores the 38-yard receiving touchdown. He is an RB2. Naeem Hines is a low-end RB2. It's a good spot for this cold offense, which really was efficient last week against the Houston Texans. Okay, what about the Raiders against the Colts D? Yeah, uh, Darren Waller, he's pretty good, huh? Uh, Pretty much the only guy I feel good about on the Raiders right now is Darren Waller. I think Derek Carr could be under siege in this matchup. Um, And you saw last week against Houston how important 
is DeForest Buckner to that defense uh, for Indianapolis. And the Raider run game hasn't been good all year. Um, they have they just haven't run the ball well. They haven't blocked it well. Devontae Booker was a massive fantasy disappointment last week with just 6.1 points in a PPR, even with Josh Jacobs out. Keep an eye on the status of Josh Jacobs. But even if he plays, he's an RB2 against the Colts and, and DeForest Buckner and that defense. He is so important to what they do on that defensive side of the football. Um, and if you're playing a wide receiver here, the one thing I will say, Nelson Aguilar, that to, to like Eagle fans, four catches for 38 yards on 11 targets is a very, very Nelson Aguilar line. I will say this, though. Derek Carr overthrew him quite a bit at the end of that game. And uh, uh, barring a normal defensive call against the, uh, against the Jets, the Raiders would have lost that game. And Derek Carr would have himself to blame. He would be able to say, look, I overthrew Nelson Aguilar a couple of times on potential touchdowns. He is somebody I think you could still fire up as a wide receiver three. But really, the only guy I feel good about for the Raiders, and, and I'm not breaking any news here, is Darren Waller, who had 200 receiving yards last week. Washington and San Francisco, it doesn't sound good about Antonio Gibson's no. toe, Joe. Just now, I'm starting to get excited about Washington. Yeah, and look, I, here's the thing with 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 Washington. Who's going to run the football for them? I mean, we we've talked about JD McKissick a lot on this podcast this year. He's not a runner. You know, he had four car- five carries for eight yards in that game last week against Pittsburgh. And I know it's a tough defense, but I mean, he had five carries for eight yards. He is just not somebody who's going to make too many plays as a runner. Um, he's a receiver, but I think he's going to get a lot of work at, uh, in both both regards because Peyton Barber is not very good. I mean, Peyton Barber, if Antonio Gibson doesn't go, he is like an RB2 on the low end if you're playing him. He's averaged 2.7 yards per carry this year, and you hope he gets in the end zone. So that Washington run game takes a huge hit. Um Really disappointed in the line for Terry McLaurin. Just 2 of 14 on six targets. Um, I, I, I think uh, you look at that and you say, hey, uh, I mean, you move on to next week and see what happens. Uh, and also, uh, Logan Thomas has been a guy who's been really uh, tickling Alex Smith's fancy right now. He caught all nine of his targets for 98 yards. He's on the tight end one radar. But really, the loss of Antonio Gibson is going to make Washington a one-dimensional football team. Alex Smith is going to have to drop back quite a bit. They're going to have to use Thomas and McKissick in the passing game as surrogates for their run game. I like. I don't know if there's a – very few teams have a bigger drop-off between their RB1 and their RB2 in the way McKissick uh, – excuse me, Antonio Gibson to Peyton Barber is because we know McKissick's role is separate of that, but Antonio Gibson to Peyton Barber is just an apocalyptic downgrade for the Washington football team. What about the Niners, Joe? They're one of those teams where you understand how smart Kyle Shanahan is, and still you sit there and you question, like, what are you doing? Why is Jeff Wilson leading your backfield in snaps? Why is Tevin Coleman getting carries? He had two carries for negative 11 yards. Why is Jarek McKinnon not getting the football? And all of a sudden, why is Raheem Mostert? Not getting the football. He's been producing ever since um, he's he's been in the, the lineup. I, I don't know. 
uh, it, it's 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 bad. Uh, uh, their fantasy production really right now is the wide receivers. It's Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Those are the guys I feel good about. Uh, Debo Samuel, why didn't he get involved until the second half last week? It, it's just a bizarre situation for San Francisco. I think I think J- uh, Raheem Mostert's a wide res- a running back too. I think you fire up Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel as wide receiver twos. I think they're both uh, good enough to. to to look at in that regard. And then maybe you take a shot on Jordan Reed who scored a touchdown, but man, um, just a really, really disappointing performance for San Francisco. And sometimes I think Kyle Shanahan gets in his own way using all these different players. New Orleans is at Philadelphia. We'll start with the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is their starting quarterback. I know you've tweeted about it a lot, Joe. You are a fan of the team. Let's just talk fantasy here. What does it mean for any Eagles? Was is there Jalen Hurts? Is there a place for him somewhere? Probably not against that same team. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to borrow a, a tweet from somebody uh, who's prominent on Philly Twitter, and I, I want to point this out. I am very much not a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate them more than anything. I just really want them to win. That's the, that's, the, that's the way a lot of people feel about the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I think that's my my boy, Dr. Pizza MD. So, yeah, I think that's one of his. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough going in Philadelphia right now. I Like, Ross, I actually think Jalen Hurts is a viable streamer because he's going to run. And I think the worst potential outcome for the Eagles right now is Jalen Hurts just makes a couple plays by running around and extending the play and because the structure is awful. We've talked about it all year. Carson Wentz is seeing ghosts. Nobody's trying to say Carson Wentz is playing well. He's seeing ghosts. He's under pressure constantly. And even when he's not under pressure, he thinks he is, which is part of the huge problem with him. But the, the worst thing that could happen is Jalen Hurts it has to play in this garbage offense, makes a couple of plays by running around, and everybody thinks everything's fixed. That being said, if Jalen Hurts runs around, that's great news for fantasy. Because we saw Taysom Hill. We saw from Cam Newton. We've seen it from Cam Newton's thrown for under 100 yards in two consecutive games, but if he gets in the end zone as a runner, it helps you for fantasy. We saw from Taysom Hill two weeks ago, throws for under 100 yards against Denver, scores two rushing touchdowns, gets it done for fantasy. So even in this tough matchup, and it is a brutal matchup for Jalen Hurts against the number one defense in the NFL, playing better than anybody right now, um, he can run around, make some plays, probably is going to execute within better timing than Wentz right now because he's just not seeing the ghost that Carson Wentz is seeing. But when it comes to the Eagles, I want nothing to do with their wide receivers. They still don't know how to play them. Um, they're, they're, not, they're, they're, not, they're playing Alshon Jeffrey over Travis Fulgham, which I guess Doug Peterson said this week might not happen. It's stupid. Um, Jalen Rager didn't do enough as a receiver, just one target. He caught it, but um, he's not in your lineup right now. The guy who I, I think I, I trust as a receiver in my lineup is Dallas Goddard, tight end. Um, he's he's a freak of nature. The Eagles need to lose Zach Ertz uh, this offseason. Um, and then Miles Sanders. Apparently, Doug Peterson says, hey, we got to do a better job getting Miles Sanders football. You think? You think? You haven't done it all year. You haven't done it all year. So uh, um, it just, just a disaster. Uh, uh, Miles Sanders is an RB, too. I think Jalen Hurts will give them a spark. I just don't expect it to be pretty in this game, Ross. I thought Taysom Hill looked pretty good against yeah. the Falcons this time, Joe. You know, maybe, you know, they came out with the comments against, uh, by the way, that's two times against the Falcons that Taysom Hill's played really well. Um, and then against Denver, uh, they obviously, the Taysom Hill and Sean Payton both came out with the comments after the Denver game. Look, unique circumstance. We're going into a game where the team doesn't have a quarterback. 
don't do anything to lose this football game. And Taysom Hill, again, threw for under 100 yards, and they won that game by four touchdowns. So um, uh, Jim Schwartz's Eagles defense has struggled uh, as long as I can remember against running quarterbacks. I would anticipate Taysom Hill's going to have a couple long runs in this game. Michael Thomas, uh, Darius Slay, the top corner for the Eagles, uh, is banged up. So that's good news for Michael Thomas, who's had two really good games with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Alvin Kamara is an RB1. Latavius Murray is a flex option. And you're playing Taysom Hill. You're playing Michael Thomas. And I think Jared Cook, as a low-end tight end option, is on the radar. But I I expect Taysom Hill, in the event Drew Brees doesn't play, and it doesn't look like he will, Taysom Hill will be putting up QB1 numbers this week against Philly. Let's get to the Falcons and the Chargers. Dude, is something wrong with the Chargers offense, Joe? I wonder if, if I mean, first and foremost, I think the easiest thing you could say is Justin Herbert is hitting a rookie slump. But then also you look at Bill Belichick's numbers against rookie quarterbacks, and that's kind of just what happened. And Justin Herbert had no help last week. They just completely lost the plot of that game early. To me, that was a throw-the-tape-out kind of game. This is a rebound spot. You're playing the Atlanta Falcons defense that's been carved up the last couple uh, couple of weeks out, including twice by Taysom Hill. This is a bounce-back spot for Justin Herbert. Get him in your DFS lineups. He's a QB1 this week. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, start them all. This is a bounce-back spot for Justin Herbert. Great. I mean, there is. I, I can't imagine being more thrilled to look at the other side of the football and seeing the Atlanta Falcons defense and the way – by the way, they've been good – against the run have the Falcons in general. Um, They've had a couple of spots where they've gotten carved up, but in general, they've been better against the run than the pass. I can't imagine for Justin Herbert a better option to be looking across the field uh, after struggling against the Patriots than the Atlanta Falcons defense. That's a blow-up spot for the Chargers. Interesting. All right, well, what about the Falcons offensively? Ignore the backfield. Um, Ito Smith left with the concussion last week. Todd Gurley stinks. Um, uh, uh, Brian Hill hasn't done anything. The only way I'm playing anybody is if Brian Hill is the starter because Gurley and Ito Smith can't play. Just ignore the backfield. Matt Ryan is like pulling teeth with this guy, but he managed to get it done um, for fantasy in in a small way, thrown for 273 and a touchdown um, against that Saints defense. This Charger defense is not the Saints defense. Calvin Ridley goes for over 100 yards against the Saints. Julio Jones in his return, 6 for 94. Both of those guys are in your lineup. I'm benching Hayden Hurst at this spot. At this point, he's not 100%. Maybe Russell Gage as a wide receiver three. But I, really, it's Ryan Ridley and Jones, and I think that's where uh, your Atlanta Falcon focus should be right now. Packers and the Lions. It sounds like DeAndre Swift might be back for the Lions. He doesn't have the migraines anymore, Joe. Yeah, um, I just think it's bizarre. I mean, these doctors know more than I do, but I think it's bizarre that they pulled him out of the concussion protocol, but he had migraines. I don't know how you separate the two. Somebody could probably tell me. I'm not really sure. Um, uh, Kenny Galladay is not practicing on Wednesday. That, to me, is not a good sign for his availability. He hasn't practiced in weeks. You would think they'd try to get him in at least limited sessions if he's going to be able to go. But as of right now, I am not expecting Kenny Galladay to play in this football game. If DeAndre Swift plays, he is a must-start. Um, he 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 deserves the chance to to really take that backfield over again. The GM's gone, the coach is gone. 
evaluation mode sometimes is a little bit uh, different when it's a lame duck staff, but DeAndre Swift was a breakout star before that mysterious concussion. You play Marvin Jones in this game, even though Jair Alexander, you might catch a shadow there. And TJ Hawkinson, who has quietly been one of the breakout fantasy stars of this year because he hasn't scored a bunch of touchdowns, but he has been, he's the number three tight end in overall scoring this year. He is in your lineup. And I think you can use Matthew Stafford as a low-end quarterback one in what could be a high-scoring game against the Green Bay Packers. So Devontae Adams is unreal. Aaron Jones unreal. Aaron Rodgers unreal. What else do we need to know about the, the Packers? Robert Tunyon is unreal. Uh, he's scored in three straight games. He can be in your lineup as a tight end one. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling dropped like a 70-yard bomb from Aaron Rodgers against the Eagles last week. So you wonder if Alan Lazard is now going to take over as the wide receiver two, which would put him on the wide receiver three radar for fantasy. But you kind of nailed it, Ross. It's Those three guys are definitely in your lineup, the two Aarons and Devontae Adams. And then I think you can consider Tunyon. But again, I don't know how many – how many tight ends out there I'd start over Robert Tunyon, but it might just be on one hand that I'd count him right now. Aaron Rodgers trusts him in the red zone, and we know how important trust is for Aaron Rodgers uh, as he continues his MVP campaign. All right, the next game, Joe, is going to be our featured DraftKings game of the week. It's the Steelers oh, this is gonna be good. and the Bills. They both played Monday. The Bills are actually favored. By two and a half points. It's crazy. I mean, the Steelers were just undefeated until two two days ago. And now the Bills are favored over them. The Buffalo Bills by two and a half points. The total is 46 and a half. All of these numbers, of course, courtesy of DraftKings. We had Josh Allen, who won a lot of DraftKings Daily Fantasy for people this week, going off against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. We also have James Conner, who might be a sneaky play this week Mm -hmm. at DraftKings since he's off the COVID list. Yeah, and that that, – Buffalo run defense has been a problem this year. They de- they do have Matt Milano, the linebacker back, which is a big help. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, look look what happened against Washington. I mean, the tight end got them across the middle. And, you know, the Bills don't really have a tight end that you can go to uh, with any sort of uh, consistency, but they do have Cole Beasley. And Cole Beasley has been a go-to guy for, uh, for Josh Allen, and I really like him this week. Uh, Allen, look, you're downgrading Allen from last week, okay? Um, he was exceptional against the 49ers. The Steelers are a different beast. But that Steeler defense has had some injuries. Bud Dupree being injured. You you, you wonder if things are just starting to get to, to kind of unravel for Pittsburgh here at this point. For Buffalo, look, you understand Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, the running backs, they're, they're flex options. They don't run the ball. They don't. I mean, it, it's just part of what they do. It is not a foundation of what they do. Beasley and Stephon Diggs absolutely must be in your lineups. I am not benching Josh Allen under any circumstances whatsoever. He is not getting benched uh, from me. Um, and uh, and and look, and, and Gabriel Davis, the, the rookie wide receiver uh, out of UCF, he is maybe a decent DFS option if you're playing uh, on a slate that includes this game as a cheaper option. He is their ex of the future. Uh, I think he might be in. I think they might cut John Brown after this season and roll with him. But uh, the Buffalo Bills are a narrow fantasy team. Allen, Diggs, Beasley, you love those three guys. Everybody else here, um, they're kind of in the flex conversation. Okay, then you've got for Pittsburgh, 
I don't know what's going on with these guys dropping all these passes. Roethlisberger yeah. says he needs to throw more catchable passes. It's hitting him <laughs> in the hands. Yeah, I know. I, I, that, that, that's good veteran quarterbacking, you know. Oh, uh, you know, it, it's not catchable. It's a little wobbly. Uh, Deontay Johnson's dropped a ton of passes. Um, he gets a lot of targets, though. I mean, uh, what am I supposed to say? Deontay Johnson's catching uh, catching eight passes on 12 targets. All right, if he doesn't drop the ball, maybe he catches nine passes, but that's good for fantasy. I'm still playing him. Um, the guy who I would downgrade for Pittsburgh in this game is Chase Claypool, just because I have an inkling that he might be the guy if if Pitt, uh, Buffalo chooses to selectively shadow with Trey White. I feel like Chase Claypool would be the guy. Um, so he's a guy I'm downgrading. Um, Deontay's a wide receiver, too. Juju is a wide receiver, seven catches on 20, seven catches for 28 yards last week, Juju, uh, but he got 10 targets. So he's a wide receiver too. Eric Ebron has been a guy getting just a massive amount of targets the last number of weeks. Not, not hey, he's somebody who's dropping the ball too, but you kind of have to put him in your lineup. And I think Ben with the Steelers complete and utter inability to run the football, um, there's a good bet he throws 40 plus passes in this game, whether James Conner plays and he's expected to or not. James Conner is an RB2. Um, they really need him because they cannot run the ball at all. I can't remember the last time I saw a Steelers team, if ever, that was as incapable of running the football as the Steelers team is. You don't think Conner makes a difference? Uh, he does. Um, I think he's an RB2. I mean, look, uh, obviously you're not playing Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland if, if Connor can't go after that crap that they threw out there last week. He's an RB2, though, and I mean, they ran it well early in the season, but it's just been kind of like pulling teeth with Connor. The thing about Con- with Connor is he does contribute in the passing game as well, which helps matters. Last game, Joe. It is Monday night. It's a good one. The Baltimore Ravens. Who I saw last night against the Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns. What's wow. gotten into Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns? Well, uh, I don't. Ex- I wouldn't expect that to continue this week uh, uh, against Baltimore. Uh, just, j- just to be fair, uh, Baltimore absolutely victimized Baker Mayfield in Week One. I, I know that's a that's that's a lifetime ago, but you remember that game, Kevin Stefanski, the, the regalia, and Baker Mayfield goes twenty-one to thirty-nine for one eighty-nine. I think he threw a pick on his first pass um, in that game. Uh, it, it's not a good spot for Baker. I would not be playing him this week. Um, Jarvis Landry, I think is the receiver. If I'm playing a receiver here who I would consider, he's had an, uh, he's kind of like T Y Hilton, who we discussed on the last podcast. He's had two big games after doing absolutely nothing all season. I think you could consider him here, but ultimately I think, I think, uh, Cleveland's going to want to run the football. It's a downgrade across the board. Kareem Hunt hasn't done really much of anything the last number of weeks since, since Nick Chubb got back. Um, so Chubb's an RB one, Hunt's a low end RB two. Jarvis Landry is a wide receiver three. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Like, are you playing Donovan Peoples-Jones in your fantasy playoffs? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. So uh, it's not a good fantasy spot for the Cleveland Browns, though. I mean, Kevin Stefanski is, is I mean, maybe he's the front runner for coach of the year right now. Um, he should be in, he's obviously in the conversation. He's done a really good job, but it's just not a good spot for their offense. What about the Ravens and what you saw Tuesday night, Joe? Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards lost weight and has some juice to him. Yeah, and I wonder if they're finally like phasing out Mark Ingram because no else has some juice. J.K. Dobbins. And, like it's just frustrating to me because like I am not trying to insinuate that I know more than Greg Roman. Okay, I don't. However, it drives me nuts. Like, J.K. Dobbins, it seems like every single time, anecdotally, of course, but every single time this guy's touched football this year, it seems like it goes for 10 yards. 
And like, they're like, all right, get him out of there. Time to put Justice Hill in. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. It should be, to me, it should be Dobbins and it should be Gus Edwards. We can, de- in fantasy, we can deal with two. We can deal with two guys in the backfield. When it becomes three or four, like we were talking about with San Francisco, then that becomes a problem, okay? I don't want to deal with three or four guys in the backfield. Mark Ingram, thank you for your service. You've had a wonderful career. Maybe we can get you a ring this year, even though we've struggled. But uh, goodbye. We need Gus Edwards and we need J.K. Dobbins to be the top two guys in Baltimore. Not that I trust Greg Greg Roman to do that, but both of those guys, Dobbins. Dobbins, I, I consider more of an RB2. I think Edwards is a flex. Ingram is on your bench. Uh, Lamar Jackson, congratulations, Lamar. Ross, with his performance Monday night, he had two accomplishments. He tied Dak Prescott for number of top five quarterback finishes this year. Dak Prescott hasn't played since week five. And he tied Gardner Minshew in number of top 12 quarterback appearances this year. Congratulations, Lamar Jackson. One of the biggest busts for fantasy football, but he played a fantastic game. Um, and uh, fresh off the COVID list, I thought the touchdown throw to Hollywood Brown was his best throw of the season. Uh, kind of a, a kind of across the field, dropped into a bucket. Um, it was finally good to see those two guys get on the same page. Um, we'll see about the status of Mark Andrews, who's still on the COVID list uh, as of today. Um, Hollywood Brown with no Denzel Ward. He's a wide receiver three. I'm not, I'm not throwing all my support behind him just because he scored a touchdown in that game. I can't do that. Um, but he's a wide receiver three, and I want to check on the status of, of Mark Andrews. Lamar Jackson, if somehow you survived and got to this point, with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, I don't know what you would have seen on uh, on uh, Mon- on excuse me Tuesday night that would have changed your mind about starting him this week. It was arguably his most impressive game of the year. Well, what changes my mind, Joe, is nothing. I need to go to fantasypoints.com like I do all the time. I've already put the code feast in. I am already a member, and I need to read stuff. But some of you should highly consider it. Fantasypoints.com. Code Feast, you got to get the content from Joe and Greg Cosell and Adam Kaplan and John Hansen and literally a cast of dozens. It's unbelievable how many people they've got, and it's very affordable, very affordable. So finish the fantasy season strong, or maybe you need some help for next year. Maybe you need to start getting started there. Fantasypoints.com, Code Feast. Check him out on Twitter, at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker. NFL everywhere. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. We're stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.